0: We've got initial reactions to Resurrection, episode number 7, entitled Schemes of the Devil, along with comments and questions live from the fans coming up. Welcome to Resurrection Revealed. Thank you ever so much again for joining us on Resurrection Revealed, the unofficial podcast and blog by fans and for fans with theories and talk all about ABC's resurrection. This is our 16th episode, and it's April 27th, 2014, as of the time we're recording it with you. And we're glad to be here. I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And you, sir. And I am Troy Heinrichs, who has walked 20,000 steps
1: over the last two days trying to make my way back to Arcadia, because it seems like I've been
0: gone for quite some time. It should only take you three days to get there from what they've presented on the show. That's what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, what a crazy
1: episode tonight. Absolutely. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. So your show notes for this episode can be found at resurrectionrevealed.com slash 16. And I guess we'll start out tonight with, uh, I guess we're watching Revenge early because there's a lot of fashion going on this week because I think they're trying to portray time periods would be my guess based on (laughs) this new little girl, Jenny, that we see at the playground.
0: Uh, Based on a lot of things in this episode, I think they are definitely portraying uh, different time periods. And I think they're doing a really good job because instantly we're like, either this girl's really frumpy or dun-dun-dun. She might be another returned.
1: Now, the question is, is based on everybody we saw tonight from the fly boys to the guys that actually are still wearing their, uh, what do you call them the fighter pilot caps with the goggles that I, f- uh, Fred almost ran into. How far back do we think that we've gone with the people that have come back that we saw
0: tonight? Uh, if I had to guess, I think uh, we're back to maybe as far back as the 1920s.
1: That was my thinking as well, because I figured it's got to be maybe right after slavery because the um, African-American couple seemed like they had nicer outfits than they probably would have had back in the 1800s. So I would think from that guy's bolo hat sitting at the station, I'd said 1920s, maybe world war one, but some of them also look world war two. So maybe it's forties. I'm not sure. Somewhere's in the range.
0: Uh, They are coming back in droves. I I had to stop taking notes for a while because I'm like, I can't track all these people anymore. (laughs) We're going to need a listener to coherently put this thing together because if next week keeps up at this pace, you know, the uh, population of Arcadia, Missouri is going to double in one episode.
1: Well, the one thing that you need to know is that if you're at work and you have that either, you know, what do you call it, the swoopy screensaver that turns different rainbow colors, you might not want to have that on because you might just freak out somebody behind you.
0: That was one scary screensaver because obviously she's using a frightening edition of uh, Windows. Possibly, I, I that that kind of just sucked me right in.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even so much that she was typing on the computer; it was just the screensaver that was like, "Whoa, what is that
0: magic box?" Oh <laughs> uh, man, th- this episode was wild. I mean, it was everywhere. It seemed like a two-hour episode crammed into an hour because the just looking at our notes at the number of things that we jotted down during the episode. I mean. We've got everything going on because, of course, you know, between the new characters and everything, we get a little more of that uh, tension between Sheriff Fred and his brother because he shows up and first thing he says to Henry is breakfast with my big brother. What did I do wrong this time? And you can kind of
1: see it right before he comes into the bar. The one question I had was, did he have a headache because he's like, oh, great. I got to talk to my brother. Or (laughs) did he have a headache because he was on a bender the night before?
0: Good question.
1: Remember, he's not a morning person.
0: No, he did make that awfully clear. So he must be working the afternoon or late shift at the sheriff's station. One of my favorite parts of the episode, besides all these people coming back, was how we had the characters asking each other the questions we've been wondering about, Troy, because we have Pastor Tom and Agent Bellamy, and they're asking Jacob the question, can you sense Rachel the way we heard that you can sense Caleb? And we've been wondering that, and finally someone else has the sense to ask, and unfortunately Jacob can't sense anybody else other than Caleb, and Caleb's gone now. But that's not all. We even have Gary Humphrey and his band of kidnappers asking the same question to Rachel, asking if she can sense Caleb, and she also says no. Of course, Caleb's gone, so I'm not surprised. But finally, people are asking questions that we're asking.
1: Well, I think that Jacob... Definitely can sense Rachel. He looked like he was at the point of almost having a seizure. And I wonder if by tapping into these powers, it's what causes his epilepsy to go into high gear to have the seizure. And then I think Rachel obviously couldn't sense Caleb because
0: Caleb wasn't there. Not even Caleb's blood was there. What was that about? (laughs) That was pretty surprising. So just to skip back just a half step here, you're saying Jacob basically lied, saying that he could not sense Rachel?
1: No, he like said, you, he, I don't know if he lied. He said, no, 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 I don't want to
0: do it. I'm afraid. So it's. I think if you're in the room,
1: you could sense that he was going there, like transcending to that place. But he like broke free just at
0: the last second. Oh, OK. Well, you know, with the bad weather and everything, my signal froze up a few times. It might have just skipped that per- very important three seconds of the episode. So he's afraid, too. But you think he possibly can. So back to the exciting epi- part of the episode when the blood was gone that was a very cool little sci-fi trick to throw in there to really make us wonder what's going on.
1: Yeah, because it would have been one thing if the blood had been like, you know, evaporating or something because of all the quote unquote water that they need in order for them to stay alive or be hydrated or whatever it is they need to do. So that would have made sense, but to be completely vanished. So that means every part of whatever I am disappears when I disappear. So at least we have that kind of in our rules of operation for the show.
0: And uh, Neil in the chat room, because every Sunday night after the episode, we hop right on and we have the uh, chat room live at NoodleMix.com slash chat or ResurrectionRevealed.com slash live, anything you want to do. Anyway, Neil made a good point that he thinks that the blood being gone means that this miracle cure that we're going to talk about in a minute that's in the blood might not even last. And so that's kind of scary. Well, I mean, I-, I was all excited about uh, – What's his name? Uh, Eric and his news that uh, he thinks that the this blood from the returned might be able to cure cancer.
1: And now because we're on this type of a show, the real question is, is, is Eric Ward really up to snuff? Was it really him having leukemia or was it a ploy for him to get Maggie to say, oh, woe is me. Come with me back to Maryland.
0: Oh, wow. I hope that's not the card he's playing. I didn't even suspect that that would be rotten, especially if I mean. If he does have leukemia, he may not have very long, depending on how this uh, magic blood of the returned might be able to help people. And if he's just making it up, that's downright rotten. Well,
1: at least he's a perfectly good scientist because he at least tested the blood to see if it would cure the leukemia versus just shooting him into himself right away and seeing what would happen. But I think that if this plays out and they do go back to Maryland and Eric does have some more time to test, I don't see Eric... You know, not, I guess I don't see Eric not stepping back. I think he would inject himself with the blood to see if it cures his leukemia.
0: That would be a dangerous move, but that's one way to find out for sure. Now, of course, we also had a lot of tension sitting on the edge of the couch because, uh, w- of course, we know that uh, our good buddy Gary Humphrey, well, he's not our buddy, Kevin Sizemore is our buddy, but <laughs> Gary Humphrey kidnapped Rachel last week and they're up in his cabin. And, you know, that cabin, it really needs HGTV's property brothers to come in and give it a bit of a makeover, right? But she, I can't believe that the way that whole scene came together, because we've got, you know, the light coming through the window. And basically, even some of the other guys bailed on this whole kidnapping thing, because Gary, he's back on the sauce, according to his wife. And he's a bit psychotic, and he's angry, and he's there threatening Rachel, but I like how... Rachel though it did freak me out a bit. I like how she kind of turned the tables on him because she could sense that he was scared and of what she might be and so she was talking about, well, go ahead and, you know, try to, you know, slice me with the knife. What if I am from the devil? That could you think this could even hurt me and she's trying to turn the fear back around. That was kind of a slick move but did kind of freak me out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I wanna know when we talk to Kevin Sizemore this week, that's right. Stay tuned for our full episode later this week. Gary Humphrey himself will be on the show. And I wanna ask Kevin this question what happens when Rachel part three or Rachel Cubed comes back, however you wanna refer to her now, since this <laughs> is the third iteration of Rachel, you know, in the red dress. So When she walks by Gary's jail cell, what's Gary going to do in that moment? Is he going to call to his God or, you know, is he going to basically go crazy and commit suicide?
0: Well, I agree with Neil from Bowie who says uh, Gary's going to probably freak out if that comes to pass. But then again, with the huge number of people showing up all over town, there's not even enough room to put all these people Um, pretty soon nothing's going to be surprising anymore to uh, Gary Humphrey or anybody else in the town. Like, for example, uh, Veronica Cartwright, her character of Helen. Wait till she finds out next week about all these other people that are popping up. Like we learned from our interview with her last week, if you didn't hear it yet, it's at resurrectionrevealed.com slash Veronica. We, We find out that Helen might be someone we should consider a friend and not a foe, and uh, she's going to really want some answers, don't you think?
1: Well, I don't know, because if I have Gary, who's supposedly a Christian, on the board, and he's quoting Bible passages in a cabin with a knife and a bottle, and kidnapping behind him, I don't know if that's the kind of Christian I want to be hanging around with.
0: Well, true. There's, you know, bad apples in each bunch, and I think, you know, the uh, confusion mixed with the alcohol is what really uh, sent Gary down the wrong path. I mean, even his wife is, is worried about him, and of course he he wasn't very smooth with leaving his truck in the church parking lot, you know, telltale sign. It's like obviously the alcohol has uh numbed his uh thinking capacity there.
1: And I wanna bring up something that the chat room has been talking about too, because once Gary does accidentally pull and it was an accident, right? I mean, he didn't premeditatively want to shoot her, but she made the move to knock the gun out of her out of his hand. So the gun accidentally goes off. Rachel dies from gunshot wound. And then, of course, Rachel comes back. But the thing that we've been kind of teased over the last couple of weeks in these previews. And if you watch them. If you watch them. Is that Rachel was standing over a corpse looking at a body. And I think most people had been thinking all along, well, Rachel's looking at her original body. You know, Rachel 1.0, <laughs> if you will. And I kept saying to myself, it's like, how can she be looking at 1.0? Because it's been 12 years. That body would have decayed. It would have been waterlogged if she did fall in the river. You know, Maybe it preserved in the water. But it's been 12 years. The body's not going to look exactly the same way that she does standing in front of it. So when we got to this scene and Rachel got shot, the light went out in my head. It's like, oh, duh, she's coming back a third time. And sure enough, it was. So our PSA for this evening is don't watch the previews and don't watch the spoilers because it may just ruin the shock and awe for you.
0: And I think that part of that, I think just could be bad editing, lack of attention to detail by the ABC promo editors who are as confused by everything going on as other folks and just had no idea that what they were editing in was something from a later episode. I, cause I, I see no excuse for, uh, letting out that kind of Spoiler information, if you do watch the promos, I'm going to stop watching the promos. Usually, I do watch them and because I know that they lead us astray on purpose sometimes. But this time, it was like what we used to see on Battlestar Galactica all the time where they basically gave away the farm. But one thing I wanted to bring up because, like you said, it's kind of an accident, the whole shooting situation there. But I am going to say, stupid move, Rachel. You're a pregnant woman with a baby inside don't go playing the hero and getting yourself shot. If nothing else, whether you're afraid for yourself or not, because you're a return, what about the baby? I just thought that was a ridiculous move on Rachel's part.
1: Well, that's at first where I thought she got shot was in the gut. And then I was like, oh, at least she got shot high. Maybe they can, maybe Mickey can save the baby. But obviously, the baby's not probably far enough along. But at the same time, the biggest question for all the resurrection, as we're calling them now, res heads, you know, if the res head theorists out there, <laughs> can basically come up with, does Rachel 3.0 know anything about Rachel 2.0's memories? Because she came back in the red dress, not the clothes she died in the second time.
0: Good point, good point. So in other words, I also am wondering, is she pregnant still? And if she is, obviously with the red dress as a signal, she would not uh, necessarily know it just yet.
1: Well, we have to assume that she at least knows as much as she did when she came back the second time because she's in the same dress, which means she has to be pregnant, you know, if you play by the rules, right? Now, if she has memories of Rachel 2.0, then there's a possibility that maybe the baby isn't in Rachel 3.0 because the baby died. But then you would have to assume that because in Rachel 2.0, the baby came back after dying in the river, going off the bridge, then the baby would have to come back in Rachel 3.0 as well.
0: And we're still not sure if it's baby 1.0 or baby 2.0, depending on how the resurrection type of thing happened. I, I just hope the baby's okay, because otherwise, I'm not going to be happy with uh, Rachel, no matter how many times she comes back.
1: Well, if you go with the spirituality concept of this, you know, because we have that picture of of uh, Barbara holding either Jacob or possibly Maggie at the tomb, where it looks like a Virgin Mary kind of holding a child you know, no one's ever really done a paternity test to find out if it really is Tom's. So could it be an immaculate conception
0: story as well? Oh my, Troy's laying it out there. I had no thought of that possibly happening. I just wondered if the baby was either Pastor Tom's or some other man's. Yeah, things could get really wild and complicated if they throw that into the mix. Now, I love the
1: one thing though, and it and this kind of goes back to the spirituality concept of the show as well is the whole healing blood you know cuz if you go with the whole you know if Jesus Christ blood you know washes away sin and death and all of that jazz well then this blood being able to cure all illnesses i mean obviously that ties into the spiritual concept as well
0: good point good point now i the other part that i really liked was how Fred, when he starts realizing that almost everybody is starting to come back now, his first thought is to look for his wife, Barbara, who passed away, and she's not home. And I was a little freaked out that Maggie thinks the same thing, and she visits the bald man's home, and Barbara is there. Now, I want to know why is Barbara, why are you there at the bald man's house instead of at Fred's place? We want answers. And at the same time, the other part of the question is: Has she been there all this time? You know, because we did have that mysterious scene in episode two, I think it was, when uh, we when he turns around and says they they found us or something. I think Barbara has been back for a while, just not sure how long. That's
1: the key, the wording in that phrase, because I want the rest of the res heads to go out this week and before our Thursday show, watch episode two again and confirm if these are the words, because I remember the words clearly being she found us, which led everybody to believe that there was maybe more than one person in the house. Now I'm starting to believe that maybe Sam Catlin died also. And the reason why Barbara came back is because Barbara and Sam came back at the same time together. And they've been, Oh my, and they've been hiding out this whole time until everybody else starts coming out of the woodwork.
0: You know, Troy, when when I saw the, the photos you posted online on Facebook the other day, way up high on top of that tower, I think that that event has really caused your theories to go into high gear because you're coming up with some uh, humdingers.
1: Well, I mean, everything in this show, every word, every line, we're getting to that point now where it is kind of like Lost, where every single thing could mean a different thing. Like there was one really good line by Maggie and I'm going to have to look at it for a minute because I wrote it down and I don't remember exactly what it was. So Wayne, go ahead and give me a theory while I look that up really quick.
0: Well, I've got this theory, you know, about the aliens, you know, Ray was talking about that. And that's one thing they kind of toyed with us in the promo at the end of last week's episode, which I'm not going to watch any more promos after what happened, but the way they showed I believe it was uh, Agent Bellamy driving down the road and looking up into the sky with a look of shock and awe on his face. I'm thinking, oh, my. They're trying to make us think that there is some sort of UFO flying saucer or something hovering up there because why else would he be looking up at that angle? And they got us. They got us. So, I don't necessarily think it's aliens, but it really – if it were aliens – I could see where a lot of these things would fit into it. I, I kind of hope that it is aliens behind it. Is that weird for me to hope something like that?
1: I don't know. It, I think that you're still going to get the no answer at the end of the day. I think it's still a character show. I think you're never going to get why they come back. It's just a matter of why are they there? I think that's more the important question of the show.
0: So we may or may not be talking about time-traveling bunnies again?
1: No, no time-traveling bunnies this time around.
0: Rats, I love those little guys.
1: So, uh, yeah, Maggie said, I have a practice, I can't leave them behind. And this whole leave-them-behind wording, just like, uh, I believe it was Henry earlier in the episode, that boy has brought life into my home again with the whole I'm coming home theme song. So even these lines have a double meaning to them, I think, because... I can't leave them behind. Maybe that's partly the resurrected coming back and saying, I can't leave my loved ones again. So they're doing everything that the resurrected can to stay, even though there might be an external force pulling them back like Caleb.
0: True. Those could all play into it. Plus, I think in the back of her mind, she might have been thinking without saying aloud that she's hoping to track down her mom. And that might have been one of her real motives was she can't leave. She needs to be here and try to track down mom.
1: Yeah, that's what I think,
0: too. So, it, Arcadia, Missouri, an exciting place. I, I loved, like we touched on a little bit earlier, how everybody was in their different uh, time period clothing. Because yep. that guy that comes stumbling into the sheriff's station, he's surprised the roads are paved. When did that happen? He's scared of computer screens, and who wouldn't be? And then we've got a lot of servicemen coming back.
1: Well, here's the one thing that kind of tripped me up with the guy coming back into the police station, right? Because he's like, okay, the road is paved. He's like, what the heck is that magic box thing? And he's like, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but what year is it? Or when am I? Or whatever he said, if I'm from like the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it is, right? How would you even think up the concept of time travel to ask that question? That's the one thing that's sticking in the back of my head. Like, he knows something more, which leads me to believe that he's aware of the time travel concept, even though he's in a period clothing. So that has me scratching my head a little bit.
0: I don't know. I- I'd like to think that if something like that were to happen to me, that that would be something that I would ask about. <laughs> but if you,
1: if you have never even heard the concept of, you know... E equals MC squared and Albert Einstein and all that stuff. If you were before that time, would you think time travel, the future going to the future is a possibility? I mean, we think sure. that all the time now, but do you think that's possible that people thought that in the twenties and thirties?
0: I don't see why not. I mean, with the, some of the Jules Verne things that go way, way back to what the late 1800s or something like that. He had some wild stuff. Uh, I don't know. Just everybody, Obviously, still looked like humanoids. I I don't know why he thought that, but I I think it was good that they had the character ask it because it makes us aware that uh, somebody's going to finally start figuring these things out. And it might have been more a benefit for you know Sheriff Fred and the woman there working there and everybody else in the sheriff's office to realize without going to too much trouble that these people were from the past. And I like how. They, I don't know if she's uh, like the secretary in the office. Uh, She goes from earlier in the episode saying, you know, these people that are coming back, they're just wrecking havoc everywhere. This is getting out of hand. And then as soon as she finds out that one of her loved ones is back, it's like, I'm out.
1: (laughs) Very true. Very true.
0: And uh, Neil in the chat room. We've got a lot of great people in the chat room tonight. Steven and Neil, Lady K. And uh, others, but also we had uh, Neil confirming that the Time Machine novel was first published in 1895, and this guy in the tie looks like he would have read that book and loved it and be thinking about the future.
1: Very true. I believe (laughs) he would as well. But it still (laughs) has me scratching scratching my head. Oh, we'll see. We got a couple minutes left. So we do want to remind you that we will be back later this week with a more in-depth review of Schemes of the Devil. So we want to make sure that you tell all of your friends on Facebook and Twitter, even Google Plus. Heck, you know, it's going to be going the way of the buffalo with all the changes they're making at Google again. So get out there while you can and <laughs> tell everybody about Resurrection and Resurrection Revealed. Subscription links for iTunes, Stitcher, the RSS feed, all that great stuff is on our webpage. We want to make sure that everybody has a chance to hear about this great podcast before the finale next week because it's going to be off the chain.
0: What if they pulled a fast one on us and next week wasn't really the finale? I don't think that's the case. Okay. Well, either way, be sure to send in your thoughts and theories and all that good stuff because you, the fans, help make the show what it is and help us figure out what the heck is going on. And we'd especially love it if you would send in audio. We want to hear your dulcet tones, your voice. Let it be heard. You can record it right from your computer on your smartphone. You can call us at 904-469-7469 or just go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback.
1: And you guys, the fans, help keep this show alive, so head over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash support. Donate a dollar an episode even. I mean, that's only sixteen dollars right there. That helps out make sure the show stays on the air. And of course, leave a great five star written review in iTunes at resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes. And our full episode is going to be out later this week with another special actor interview. Kevin Sizemore's Gary Humphrey joins us. Until then, I'm Troy.
0: And I'm Wayne Henderson. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be talking with you soon. Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Be sure to find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts that will help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.